Hello, and welcome back to The Caleb Show. This will be our fifth episode and our second to last episode. In this episode, we are going to be talking about point of view, diction, and the overall content of the book. We hope you find this interesting. All right, we are finally back together in the same room after a three-episode hiatus. I'm Caleb Tomhave. And I'm Caleb DeWitt. And the first segment we'll be talking about today is point of view. So this book is written in a third-person omniscient point of view uh, while giving the thoughts and feelings of the father throughout the novel. All right, so we talked about this a bit during uh, class today, and we talked about how the point of view can affect the character themselves and also the reader and how the mood is set. So I think in this novel, it kind of puts us in the father's shoes so that we can see the stress he feels about having to survive and ultimately his fear of losing his son. Yeah, and overall, like, the way that the book is written is very mundane. Like, things happen, and they kind of just say, like, oh, this happened. There's there's not really a lot of, like, suspense or um, stress on things that happen. The, the whole book is just written with, like, a very flat tone, and I think that reflects quite a bit on how the man feels and how the man thinks and how he really conceals his feelings, especially to his son. So I also think this really paints the father as sort of a macho man where you never really doubt his ability to take care of his son or survive. Uh, It also displays his intelligence and his bravery as he's able to name almost anything he comes across. And ultimately, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, his uh, his uh, character is really proven more by his actions than his words, which I think speaks a lot about the kind of person he is. I concur. Okay, so the next part we're going to talk about is diction. The diction in this novel is very simplistic. It kind of just gives you straight facts, and it kind of displays no emotion, and so you don't really think of it as um, the father as biased and not opinionated since it's all just facts about what they're doing. It also shows a lack of emotion, which um, correlates with the post-apocalyptic world and kind of just that supporting that idea that they're just trying to survive and they don't really have any hope left. What do you think, Caleb? Yeah, it really just highlights how everything they're doing just really doesn't have much meaning because the world is just so destroyed that they're really just going through the actions of what they have to do to survive. And really, no matter what happens to them, it's just not that important at the end of the day because sooner or later, they're probably going to end up dying anyway. So the the way that the book is written with the diction really highlights just how hopeless everyone that's in this world feels. The next part we're going to talk about is symbols. There are only a couple of symbols in this novel as everything is just given as facts. So you don't really get details about many of the objects they use. The objects they use are mainly just used for survival rather than having some sort of significance 
significant meanings. However, there are a couple that have large significance, such as the road. Yeah, the road really highlights um, the journey that the father and the son take and is a really great metaphor for how they're going through their lives and it just serves as a really good reflection of the journey that they're taking. Uh, I also think that their them giving food to the man was a symbol of that the boy still had some innocence left or some childish childish innocence or grace towards the man and that all hope was not lost in this new world even as the boy had been scarred by other things before. Also, whenever the boy gets scared, that's also a symbol of his uh, childhood innocence. Uh, Caleb, what other symbols have you got? Yeah, so I talked about this in the last episode, um, how houses kind of serve as symbols for hope within the story. And there were two main houses that they had gone into uh, that I had read up until that point. Um, from the last episode, there was another house that they went into um, that kind of served as a symbol of fear because they knew that there were supplies upstairs, but the boy was really scared to go up there because he was afraid that they might run into other people or there might be some sort of danger up there. So it's just another house that serves as a symbol of the hope that they retain and how they might be afraid of the world they live in. Yeah, I was also thinking about that earlier. Um, whenever it seems like whenever the boy gets like scared of going in a certain place, then there's usually something bad in there. Like for example, the first house where all the half-eaten people were, <laughs> and there I I remember there being another instance when the boy didn't like being in a certain spot. I mean, also in the very first house when he uh, the father's childhood home, the boy didn't like it in there. I mean, nothing bad happened there. But it got I it got to the point where they didn't want to go upstairs, and I was like, oh, there's about to be something really bad upstairs. But I was surprised. I was actually surprised when there wasn't. So I don't know if that's just like, the boy actually should be able to for, like foreshadow these things, or if it's just. Yeah, the boy could be serving kind of as a foreshadowing that something bad is going to happen, and every time he feels that way, usually something happens to some level. Yeah. Also, I don't yeah, I don't really know what's going to happen with the uh the boy because he keeps on saying stuff like especially in the middle of the story how he didn't want to like live anymore and the father saw something in his son that couldn't be replaced and also the boy just talking about how he wants to give up. It doesn't happen as much towards like after page 200, but I don't know. I just thought it was a bit weird. Yeah, there was kind of a peak with it because he seemed more hopeful at the beginning and then there is that peak of hopelessness and now he seems to be adjusting more. I don't even know if it's that he's less hopeless just as much as it is that he's kind of accepting that this is how it is. Or may, uh, maybe he uh, was accepting death because I mean the yeah. father just thought they were going to die until mm -hmm. they found that bunker. So I'm not sure. Yeah, he could just be coming closer to accepting the fact. We'll find out next time. But yeah, now we're just going to go over the uh, overall content of the book and any uh, questions we might have for each other to get each other caught up. Uh, I noticed one thing, how it's kind of like the book is almost like a roller coaster with their fortune and misfortune. They they like they lose the cart and they have no food, but then all of a sudden they like find the bunker and then they're good or how they were, had lost 
the original cart and then they find the barn with all the uh sweets and water and i don't know it just kind of seems like it's a roller coaster of misfortune and fortune what do you think yeah uh that's a very good point i think that uh cormac mccarthy might be trying to convey through that how like in the hardest points we go through in our life not to give up because there will always be some sort of light at the end of the tunnel and i think he could be reflecting that in the book that even though things always look hopeless they they have just enough of a boost of hope to just keep going a little bit further yeah well i guess if the if the book ends on a happy note then that could be one of the themes or takeaways from the book but yeah i guess we'll see (laughs) yeah no i the only thing i hope is that they don't do some silly ending where like oh they find this you know huge supply of food that they can just live off forever and you know everything will be happy ever after because i think the sense of hopelessness is important throughout the novel and i hope that they don't just completely 180 on that yeah no i mean i was kind of hoping they end it like uh the movie the book of eli where he wanders through the wasteland and eventually finds a safe haven with uh all these people who aren't gonna eat him but at that probably won't happen since it's a classic novel. Yeah, it could it could be interesting though like if you know there's some sort of society that the the boy finds that he can live and grow up with with some sort of hope that shows that you know even how, with how horrible things are there's still some sort of hope. So, yeah, if something like that happens, I think it would definitely add to what seems to be the overall theme of the book so far. I agree. So I've got a question for you. Why do you think that the father doesn't resort to cannibalism like everybody else? Like what makes him so good that he wouldn't? I mean, I understand it's a moral thing, but if everybody else is, I mean, why hasn't he? I think part of it could just be how smart he is. Uh, I don't know exactly what his occupation was before all this happened, but he seems to be an extremely knowledgeable guy. And, you know, I think another part of it, now that I'm thinking about it, is it might just be because it might be too difficult to do with the boy around. Because the, the boy is definitely a, a, a pure person. I, I don't know if that's the best way to put it. But I think it might be harder for him to resort to cannibalism when he has the boy. Because I think the boy would definitely guilt trip him for that. So. Yeah. Well, I agree. Because um, also when they give the food to the old man, he the, old, the father also says, I wouldn't have given it if I were, were not with the boy or the boy gave it to you, not mm-hmm. me. And that I guess the boy is the one who's keeping them as the good guys, so to speak. Well, I mean, they do t- tell themselves that they are the good guys, but I guess it's kind of the boy that is the reason for that's why he's equally as important as the father. And I guess that's why the father values him so much. Because, I mean, like, he does, like, look out and stuff and does work. But, obviously, he's just a boy. So, maybe that's why. He's yeah. Like, yeah, no, I think the novel would probably definitely be quite a bit different if the boy wasn't around. And I, th- I, th- I don't know if the father would be as bad as, you know, the people that they ran into that, you know, held hostages to eat. But... I think on some level he wouldn't be as morally sound as he is. 
Yeah, I agree with that. Because he's always scared to confront or shoot people with the boy mm-hmm. around, which is understandable. But, yeah, I... All right, now I have a question for you. We know from flashbacks earlier in the book that the man's wife just kind of gave up after a little while of living in this post-apocalyptic world. What do you think motivates the man to keep on going? Um, I mean, I we talked about in this cla- in class before, and I kind of mentioned it to you, but that I think he's kind of doing it out of spite. Like, I, I know I understand he loves her, but he's also frustrated with what she did, and that he keeps on going out of spite, which is, in my opinion, which isn't necessarily correct, but that's what the fire is, is not only to survive, but also to live, because their mother said, well, not mother, the boy's mother and the father's wife said that, they wouldn't be able to and that they would just die like a terrible death. So I think he does it for, for himself and for despite his dead wife. I guess spite isn't really a good word because it's them staying alive. Yeah, to prove but, her wrong and just yeah. show, you know, that we really could do this. Yeah, no, I think, I think that's a great reason. Because otherwise his wife's death would have been correct or, you know, she would have been. Right. Yeah, and he was extremely desperate to not have her do it. So to keep on fighting would be to prove her wrong. So that concludes it for today's episode. We will be back next time to discuss the wrap-up of the book and our overall thoughts of the novel. Oh, and after our sixth episode, we will continue our podcast and talk about BTD6 strategies. So stick around. <laughs>